A time-tested method of encountering our Lord is to pray with the scriptures. A form of prayer acclaimed by almost all spiritual directors is called Lexio Divina, and it involves meditating on the events and ideas in the scriptures, and often involves placing ourselves in the very story. But perhaps the best benefit, the best insight of praying with scriptures is seeing how Christ acts, lives, and feels. We're to be imitators of Christ, and the living word of the scripture can teach us how he lives. So let's dive in today's passage of the gospel to understand more of what Christ is experiencing when he healed Jairus' daughter and the woman with hemorrhages. Leading up to this um, section that we read, uh, we saw that Jesus was teaching the people. He taught them the parables. Then he got into the boat. And then we had the episode with the storm at sea. Then he got to uh, the Gerenes, uh section on the other side, a Gentile area, where he healed a demoniac. They said, please leave. This is too powerful. So he came back to this area where he was teaching the parables originally. And he probably continued to teach them on the shore. And then Jairus approaches him, and Jesus sees an opportunity an opportunity to heal somebody with faith. And it wasn't just any person. It was the daughter of a high-ranking Jewish official. He was invited to love and heal someone that was one of his biggest um, opposition to his mission. But while he's walking, right, he's swarmed by all these people, which kind of must have been annoying, right? If you're trying to go somewhere, you've got all these people in the way, um, it's annoying. And they're, they're pushing up around him, and they're probably asking for a lot of things from him. Perhaps they're asking to be healed, but we don't hear that any of them were. Well, except for one. The next thing that Jesus senses is that power has gone out of him. Someone has been healed. And so he asks his disciples, who, who touched me? And the disciples reply with kind of some attitude. Like, what, dude, everyone is packed around you. What do you mean, who's touching you? Like, everybody is. And again, um, there's this sort of ridicule um, uh, that, again, might have annoyed Jesus, might have bothered him. But he knows that someone in this crowd has great faith. The woman knows it's her. And in fear and trembling, tells Jesus everything that she just did and everything she experienced. And Jesus must have been really happy about this. Unlike the rest of the crowd that's pressing in and asking for help, this daughter gets it. She isn't the child that he was walking to heal, but by asking for his help, she became his daughter. It isn't hard to imagine that everyone else was treating Jesus kind of like a magical healer. Or like, if I just touch him, then I'll be healed, and, and then I can go on my way and do my thing. Magic is the belief that through some physical actions or objects, we can control the world or our future or even God. And perhaps this is how these other people were treating Jesus, with a sort of superstition. It's a good reminder to us that the objects and actions of our faith are not like a rabbit's foot or a mantra or an enchantment. The rosary that hangs in your, heart, in your car is not a parking pass or a good luck charm. It's a reminder of the loving care of our Blessed Mother and a reminder that we ought to be praying the rosary. 
And it's very natural and normal for, hu for humanity to keep these sort of sacramentals, these things around us. And the church encourages it. But these objects, these actions, these, uh, these things aren't what save us. Creation, uh, this, the beautiful world that we live in, isn't to distract us from our creator. The creator of the world doesn't want you to find salvation in something. He wants you to find it in someone, himself. Our faith is not magic. And we don't manipulate God just by touching his garment and getting some of the healing aura. We reach out to God in faith. And if it be his will, we can receive his healing according to the way that he likes it and grow in a deeper desire to know him and to love him and to be made whole. And that's why Jesus exalts this woman's faith. Amidst the crowd, he wanted to show everybody, this is how you do it. In this woman who has a hidden faith, a real and true devotion in Jesus Christ, um, this is how you do it. So Jesus calls her and says, tell everyone what just happened. Show it before everyone and show how that worked because that, this is our example. And so while Jesus is rejoicing in this great moment, this great moment of healing, they get some bad news. The daughter of Jairus has died. Now Jesus doesn't say, oh well, at least I got some steps in. Let's go somewhere else. He continues on his mission and encourages Jairus in faith. Then when they arrive at the house, the crowd that's there, the, that's wailing and, and, and uh, in sorrow, tells this healer magician to leave. Because he's supposed to heal a sick girl, not raise her from the dead. No magician can do that. So Jesus corrects them. And the author of life tells them that this child is merely asleep. So they laugh at him. The word uh, in, in English is ridicule, but in the Spanish translation, it's, it's laugh. Um, and that, I think, uh, reflects the, the Greek well. Um, it's also the second time that Jesus sort of gets ridiculed today. First by the, by the disciples when they say, who's touching me? And now again by these people that are laughing at him um, for saying that he's going to raise up this daughter because she's only asleep. And so amidst this ridicule, Jesus is in, with Jesus with his faith so secure, continues his mission. He knows what the Father's plan is. He knows what he is to do. And he dismisses the words of the crowd, the word of the multitude. But he doesn't show up. He doesn't say, look at this, look at me. I'm going to show you how powerful and strong I am and how wrong you are. No. He only brings a few into the room. Three of his disciples and the parents. And in the quiet of the house, he commands the girl to rise up. And she does. Because of the faith of her father in calling Jesus, this daughter receives the great gift, not only of her life, but an encounter with our Lord. And then with perhaps some frustration at the disbelief of the crowds, Jesus tells everyone in the room to keep quiet about what just happened, about this girl being raised from the dead, which I find a kind of a funny thing, of course, because how are you to hide that this girl was dead and is now alive? Surely people are going to see her later. That's a hard thing to keep hidden. But the, I think the real idea, the real point behind this 
is that God wants his grace, he wants his miracles to be a personal encounter with the living God. Those that seek Christ, the wonder worker, or maybe think of him like a magician, don't seek to live the Christian life. They seek their own benefit. The Christian life is a personal encounter with our loving God. And these grand stories that are sure to wow thousands are not the center of the Christian life. They're special gifts, personal gifts, that are to benefit your individual relationship with God. And like the rosary that hangs um, from your car, or maybe a cross that hangs around your neck, all of these things remind us of the personal and distinct care that God has for each of us. Jesus tells us to pray and to seek our own personal time with God in private. And he'll work miracles in you, not to show off his power to thousands, but to show his love for you. Some of us might be asleep in our faith like the little girl, but we can be awoken by the God that has come to see us and to hold our hand. So Jesus, in the last line of the gospel, looks at this girl who possibly literally just went through hell, right? She was sick, she died, rises back to life, and now is walking around the room. Jesus has pity on her, and in a, um, a great gift, uh, a great nod to uh, care for Christ's, a great, Christ's great care for her humanity by saying, hey, let's make sure she gets something to eat. Today, we can take the place of this little girl. Um, knowing that Christ has come to visit us and also to give us something to eat. The Eucharist, like, um, is, is almost a, a secret, right? It's a private thing. It's not a great grand show. It's not um, a, a miraculous miracle that, um, that wows thousands. Although there are some of the great, some great Eucharistic miracles that exist in the world, but the majority of the time, Christ is almost hidden in the host. But with our eyes of faith, he's there. We know the miracle that he's personally working for each of us. Today, often, our church receives ridicule from national newspaper, newspapers, or even some Catholics, about the reality of the Eucharist. We're like Christ, facing the ridicule of our faith in Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. It's not a magical experience where we get the thing that the whole crowd is shouting for or desires. We get exactly what we need. In faith, in, rece in receiving the Eucharist, we get a deep, personal, private encounter with Jesus. Even if it's sensibly something just so simple, we know with faith that we're receiving our Lord. And it's truly God. It's not working, he's not working in a, in a showy way, but in a way that's directly aimed at you. So in the coming moments of silence, ask God to work in the silence of your heart to heal you and to make your faith rise up from its sleep.